Hello, Steve speaking. Hey, Steve, this is R.K. R.K., hey, thanks for getting hold of me. No, yeah, no, thank you for getting a hold of me, man. I'm excited to talk to you today. Oh, good. Ditto. So, How about uh, life in Hawaii? Oh, you know, it's going it's going really well. I had a baby last week, so... Uh, wow, congratulations. So life is, no, thank you. Life has been real good, and... Uh, and um, we are starting an aquaponics farm and training center here, which is going really well. And um, yeah, so keeping 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 us busy, and we get our first tropical storm probably hitting this weekend. You guys had one last week, guys. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess you just missed that last one that went to the Philippines. Uh huh. Yeah, made some nice waves though, but uh. <laughs> but it did. But um, yeah, we're hoping this one batters down. What island are you on? I'm on Oahu. We, I live right in Waikiki. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Got a little land there? Um, oh, where we're doing the where we're doing the farm? Yeah. We're doing that way on the other side of an island. There's actually a lady there. She set up a $60,000 commercial system. She never really did anything with it. Aquaponic commercial system? 60000 just sitting there waiting for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, step right into that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing that, and we're um, we're setting up a bunch of little um, small systems to ha- have it be kind of like a um, demonstration of all the different types of systems you can do. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and our, whole, our whole thing was being able to um, give the homeless some jobs, and so it's going to be good to actually have something that they can go and do and get paid a little bit for. Yeah. Yeah, it's important, man. There's nothing like a green job in this day and age to help the world go around. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, um, usually we try and go about half an hour. I don't know if you've listened to any of the other interviews. I have. But, but we, um, you know, I always start off with basically like the same three questions, and then and then we'll go and talk about your product from there. Okay. And, um, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. You ready? Sure. All right, here we go. Well, what's up, everybody? RK here again, and today I am speaking with Steve from uh, the Leaf Lovers. And uh, I originally saw Steve's project on Kickstarter, and I'm really excited that he was actually willing to talk with us today. So, how are you doing today, Steve? You know, I'm doing great. Right now, it's eight o'clock on a beautiful evening here in Cary, North Carolina, and Always looking forward to talking to a fellow leaf lover enthusiasts about aquaponics. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, we'll start this off the same way we always did. So tell me, see, how, how did you and your family start, you know, get started doing aquaponics? Mm, kind of a long story. Let's see, to make that short, I'll take it to about 2008 when the economy was crashing and I needed more income. And so I had a business that was involved in making homes more energy efficient and needed needed more income. At the same time, I was about 50 and the health was starting to to change up. So I wanted better control over the quality of our own food, right? I'm concerned about pesticides and what's up. So I had heard about aquaponics when I was in high school, like in 1975. I heard about this idea of, look, you know, there's not a unlimited supply of oil. We've got to get on solar. You know, there was a talk about 
about that then and converting oil tankers into water tanks for aquaponics was the talk. And so you could take an oil tanker, drive it up to a village, cut it in half, right? And now you've got two tanks. Get a drilling company to punch a hole in the ground. You've got some water. And now you've got your little village that can raise fish and, you know, grow greenhouse. You grow aquaponically. So if that makes sense, that stuck with me for 30 years. So yeah. now we're coming around to whenever, 2008, and I'm thinking, you know, this aquaponic thing ties in with this concept of planet people prosperity, right? We need to be focusing on the planet more. We need to take better care of our people. And at the same time, we need to do something prosperous. So, okay, well, what's up with aquaponics? Why not give a, give a start there? So my wife's like, yeah, you could build a little greenhouse in the back. And I'm like, well, maybe a little bit bigger than just little, right? Let's let's go and <laughs> we can put in a few fish tanks, and uh, it, it kind of took off from there. Yeah, you know that's funny. My wife, you know, I'm like, hey, I want to put in another. So we live in a small, like, 600 square foot apartment here in Waikiki, you know, and I have systems all over the place, outside the house, front porch, back porch, and and I'm like, I want to put up another one, and she's like, listen. I'm tired of these ugly systems all over the place. <laughs> Only way I'm going to let you do something is if you make it look nice. Is that, you know, that was that yep. was the next project. So yep. God That's bless it. our wives, right? <laughs> hey, we love the wives for that, you know, because we do want it to look good. You know, we do want it to be clean, efficient, sharp, simple. So, yeah, I, I can relate. You got bit by the bug, just like most people in aquaponics and you want to learn, right? And so you got all these yeah, different absolutely. systems because it's so complicated. And you're like, okay, well, i got to start tinkering with it. So I did the same yeah. thing. I built a greenhouse, and we put up, you know, the different medias, the floating bed, the NFT, started working all those systems, trying to figure out what I liked. And because I had such a small space, it's like, wait a minute, man, we got to be growing vertically here. And then that, that got me on that path of vertical growing. Right, right, which we're going to talk about later, which I'm really excited about. So, but tell me, so once you got started, you know, what do you think was the biggest mistake that you made in the beginning? Biggest mistake? Well, this one ranks right up there anyhow. So when I looked at my place and where I was going to put a greenhouse, the only spot where I had some sun was in my backyard. And the way the sun comes up is it about 9 a.m. in the morning, it sneaks over our roof and shines in the backyard. So I only had a flat space um, back there. And so I built the greenhouse with a single slant roof. So if you can imagine, you know, the wall on the north side is 12 feet tall and the wall on the south side is 8 feet tall. So the roof just slants down. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I built it on four-foot centers, and I put on some really good plastic, and I made it tight but when it rained, man, having it on a four-foot centers, all that water pooled, right? It didn't run off because I had a little low spot. So three in the morning, I go outside on one of these torrential downpours, and oh, my God, man, the the plumbing or the electrical that holds up all my fluorescent lights, it's smashed down, and there's this huge bubble of water, right, just hanging down. I'm like, oh, my God. I run it over, and I try and push it up can't push it up it was i don't know how much the thing weighs it was like i don't know 300 gallons of water so i'm like oh this is nuts 
So I poked a little hole in it, and uh, I filled up my fish tanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so made a little lemonade out of that. But that was a big problem, is not building that roof able to handle the weather. Yeah. It's one of those things that you have to think about, um, you know, how much light you're going to get, how much rain you're going to get, and, you know, the position of everything uh, in when you're setting up systems. Yeah, really important. You know, I looked at how the wind comes over, so I decided I could build it with two-by-sixes on a four-foot center instead of tighter, right, because I didn't have that much wind abuse because of the way the wind patterns were, and I designed the roof to grab the light. But, yeah, all those things got to be taken into consideration. And so I just doubled up the roof, right, so now it's on two-foot um, centers, and it, it runs off just fine. Yeah, that's great. So, okay, so on the flip side, you know, what do you think the, you know, the greatest lesson you've learned to be successful when you're doing aquaponics? The greatest lesson to be successful? Well, I, I started doing aquaponics so that I could make some income. So my whole deal has been focused on cash crops, and I chose lettuce, right, because I got a fast turnover. Everybody likes it. And I talked to Whole Foods, and they're like, yeah, we'll buy all the lettuce you got. So I set my system up vertically to grow this lettuce and then eventually to stick it into a shipping container. But I also got on board with tilapia. And I knew somewhere along the line I learned that tilapia, you know, want water warm, right? They like mm -hmm. it 75, 80 degrees. Okay, well, does lettuce like it that warm? No, man, not at all. Those roots like it colder, maybe 60 degrees. So... Once I, I got through my first winter, and during the winter, my crops were fantastic. We're using Salanova lettuce, and Salanova lettuce is, is real nice for a number of reasons. But in any event, my first crop was fantastic. And then as I move into summer, and now my ambient temperature goes up, my, my plants are not cooling, right, during the night mm -hmm. at all. And so now I've got bolting issues. So... You know, my biggest mistake there was, you know, looking at it, it's like, why or, or what are you doing this for? Are you doing this to have enough food for you and your family? Are you doing this for income? And in my case, I'm doing it for income, and so I, I missed the mark on trying to line everything up, right, is that my tilapia in the water temp doesn't go with the crop I'm growing. Right. So what did you end up doing to make it work? Well, what I'm doing is going hydroponic in our shipping container. Um, in addition, I'm looking at running an outside coil so that I can discharge some of the heat, and I'm trying to find where that middle ground is as far as productivity for the fish because they're comfortable at, say, 75, and have that be under the threshold so that the lettuce don't doesn't bolt. Right. 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 It's all cool down my my greenhouse ambient temperature and i'm only i'm only um dealing with my temperature in the greenhouse passively um because you know the the one wall is low right so i got cold air coming in low and then the warm air is going out on the high side um so i'm not spending any money to cool and i don't really want to and and i might bring in um some other things I don't think I'm going to go swamp coolers, but whatever I got to do to fine-tune it just a little bit so I can find that area where the lettuce won't bolt. Right, absolutely. 
And that's the beauty of moving into a shipping container is that now it's a lot easier for me to um, separate myself from the outside dramas, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. super heat or super cold, whatever. Um, it's simpler for me to condition that space. And then um, I'm either going to grow hydroponically or I'm going to, you know, work with uh, maybe just koi. Because that's mm-hmm. what I started everything was with koi, and right and then I can set the water temperature at whatever they like. Oh, that's and there's really, a yeah. l- little bit of a market for koi, right? You okay, can yeah. sell koi to some extent. Yeah, absolutely. So, what made you want to start, you know, doing your your systems in in the shipping containers? Back to the. I want, back to the concept that I want it to be for planet, people, and prosperity. Whatever job I'm doing, I want it to fit into that. So recycling things is fantastic for the planet. Well, there's 200 million shipping containers on this planet right now, and a lot of them are, are idle, right? And um, for 3000 bucks, I got this one delivered here. Well, it costs me, what? two, three times as much square footage-wise to have a greenhouse. And then i got to assemble the greenhouse, and i got to get building permits. So it's a lot faster, man, just to bring on this rectangular box made of steel, somewhat indestructible, and, and ready to go to the next level. So right. it's a recycled product with a good value, and it's really quick. So I like that planet-wise. And then the vertical system that I have developed fits in the box really well, right? Because now the box is just eight feet tall. Great. My panels off the shelf are eight feet tall. So for the most part, they will fit in. And that makes it um, a really efficient use of space in this particular um, building. So you could put it in a greenhouse. You could put it in your mom's basement. But in a shipping container... I can manufacture them here and then put it on a train or a flatbed truck and take it, you know, anywhere there's a road, right, and just right. drop it off, man, and, and now you've got a growing system ready to rock. And because of all the challenges with the climate and how it's affecting agriculture, I see this as a turning point in, in the evolution of humanity to this point is that we're going to really start feeling these impacts of the extreme weather, you know, whether it's California or the whole South and how that's going to affect agriculture is that I think there's a benefit for each one of us to now take some control. And the salad box concept we have of building in the shipping container is a way to take control. You know, we're not growing a whole bunch. We're only doing about 4,000 head. But, okay, well, great. You know, that 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 helps the community, right, make it a little bit more mm-hmm. secure. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so let, let's talk. Well, let's let's talk about the you know how you're doing your 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 vertical you know your vertical system. So, basically, you're taking the like a four by eight foot, like what we'd, we we would usually use like a foam raft, right? And you're and you're uh, hanging it on the wall. Um, no, what I what I did was look at the market or the supplies on the market and say, what's already made that's pretty cheap that I can use that will be durable? And so I I looked at um, the NFT channels, 
right? Mm-hmm. They're all horizontal. And so I'm just using those individual channels, and I'm putting them vertically and then making a hole in them and then slipping in. Um, there's a couple ways to do it, but you could take just an elbow from, a, say, an inch-and-a-half PVC and pop that in the hole. So now you've got your channel sitting vertically, and then your elbow comes out and then turns up. So now you've got a mm-hmm. really easy spot to put your plant. Right. Does that make sense? So, so you're using like a like the NFT like a gutter, like a yeah. kind of like a rain gutter type of thing. Kind of like the rain gutter type of thing. But if you go to like Farm Tech, they've got you know the NFT systems. There's a number of them on the market where you have your bottom channel. It's about two inches high and four inches wide. And then you got a little cover you put on it, and they're designed to drop in your rock wool, your three-quarter inch mm-hmm. rock wool. So I just cut the hole a little bit bigger, and then put it vertically. And then you got to figure out how to get the roots to the the water. So on our system, I just have, if you imagine, the whole wall um, covered with these hanging channels. And then on the above that is a inch and a half PVC. And we just drill the hole right at each one of the channels, so then the water just drips right down into the channel. Right. And, and then. And are you doing any sort of uh, any sort of filtration with the aquaponics one? I know you said you're going to be moving towards hydroponics in, in the uh, in the containers, but are you doing any sort of filtration when you're doing aquaponics? Yes. So in the channel, we've incorporated the pond filter material so that two inch we use a two inch black dense pond filter material you can Mm -hmm. get it in a big roll you know and so we've cut it so it just fits right in the channel so now the unfiltered fish water comes in and then that acts as the filter so that's holding the biomass and it has tremendous surface area for all of your bacteria yeah and is, and is that running down the whole eight foot, or is it just yeah, at the top where you drop in the, the whole eight foot. So the whole eight foot. So really, I've got the entire wall. It's just really one big filter. Yeah. Right? But, but broken down into individual channels. So then I have massive amounts of aeration. I have no air pumps on my 3,000-gallon in-ground tilapia pond with 500 tilapia in it. Mm-hmm that are about teenagers right now. So no aeration, and it's all taken care of as the water drips through there. Wow. And then you know, Where did you see you got that filter material from? Um, you know, it's pretty standard on the, in the marketplace. It's just your standard pond uh, filter in a bulk. I forget the company. I'll look it up here as we, as we go through this. But, yeah, just a standard pond, and it comes in different colors, and the colors have to do with um, its density. Mm-hmm. And I like the wider density because I wanted to use redworms in the system, and so I want mm-hmm. the worms to be able to work their way through the pond media. And what I have found is that the worms don't really like it. They don't like going in and out of this this plastic, which is just a recycled milk bottles it's pet plastic so it's stable chemically but what they do is they hang out on the sides mostly and um they flourish man they they do what they do 
Um, so this is, uh, I'm, I'm going through my reproduction cycle with them now, my first one. It's been 60, 90 days since I've had them in there. So I went into each one of those channels and dropped in um, 10 to 20 worms in each one of them mm-hmm. and, and just watching them uh, multiply. Oh, that's great. Love so it. that vertical system just accomplishes a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of uh, you're doing your filtration, growing your growing your bacteria, housing your worms, doing pretty much everything in there. Yeah, and then the beauty of this is that you can put the plant in and take it out so easily. The other systems on the on the market I didn't like because there was so much effort. If I'm going to put a vertical channel in a shipping container, I got to walk 40 feet, grab a channel, bring it all the way back up and harvest and then bring it back. Okay, forget that. I'm too lazy for that. So so this one here, because um, it's a, just a one-inch PVC pipe, essentially, you just pluck the, the rock wool plant, goes right in, or it comes right out. Yeah. And so you don't find the roots going onto the uh, the filter media? Yeah, they do, and they don't seem to mind. Um, the plant figures it out, and, and I actually have there's a little trade secret there is that I I cut a a root ball hole in that media, so where I put in the plant, mm-hmm. um, I I have it as space. So whether it's aeroponics or whether it's you know a drip system, I don't know what you want to call it, but they're getting the water, they're getting the nutrients. The worms like to hang out right around the roots, so it's it's all functioning. Yeah, that's great. So, so you have obviously you don't have them on the door because you have to open the door of the shipping can, container. So you have your, you know, your 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 vertical systems going all the way down the side and on the back wall and on, on so on all three walls. Yes. Yeah, and then there's another layer in between. So you've got it on the wall, and then about. Um, well, it varies if you go LED lights or T5s, but then you'll have your light of walls, and then you'll have another hanging curtain, if you will, of the vertical wall. Mm-hmm. So you, like, use up three feet on either side, and then you got a two-foot, you know, walkway down the middle. Wow. If that and, um, yeah, and then I also saw you were doing, like, some sort of, like, a microgreen type of thing. I was going to ask you about it because it looked interesting. It was in your video that I saw that you were actually like rolling up your microgreens, like a like it reminded me like when you roll up like you know grass or turf, you know, before you're going to go plant it. So how how are you able to do that? We started using a fodder system from FarmTech. So fodder, right? Just ten inch wide plastic channels and. They're growing wheatgrass in there for their animals. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we started with that. And the media that I settled with to grow in is the the sure-to-grow, that essentially a a polyester um, woven mat that I lay down, I soak, and then I sprinkle the microgreens on. And then we use a microgreen. Right now I'm using... a crazy mix of arugula, cress, clover, broccoli, mm, dill, fenugreek, mustard, and radish. And the reason that we started with the microgreens is because 
we weren't making enough money for this to be profitable or we were too close money-wise with just the lettuce. And so I needed something else, right? And so the microgreens is great because there's essentially no nutrients that are needed because you're just growing out the seed for two weeks. Yeah. And it's only in two weeks, and they don't use much light. So now the space we use can be that much more productive. And then I have started a product that we sell at Whole Foods. We've been selling it for, well, this summer, called the Salad Box. And it's a mix of the lettuce with the microgreens. And so I'm charging a little bit more for that. And uh, people are buying it. And it's nice because then with that mix, or whatever mix you want to bring in, you're going to increase the flavor profile of your lettuce as well as the nutritional value. Yeah. And so so all of those are in just one mix. It's not separate. That's all together. Yeah. Yeah, we sprinkle them all in together. We do about a – we've got our own little measurement, but essentially it's about an ounce of, of each um, type, and then um, we, you know, spread that out. And if you want to have more uh, spiciness to it, then you can add, you know, more of one type, radish or mustard oh. or broccoli to, to pick it up. So we have some restaurants now that we're tailoring our microgreens for what they want. Mm-hmm. This new restaurant in town, Primal Food and Spirits, they're doing this primal stuff with with meat, and a lot of their um, what do you call them glazes on the meats are more sugary. And so he wanted something that was more acidic, right? I wanted some more fire, you know. So give me a few microgreens on the side. So great, <laughs> come up with a little mix for him, and the guy's like, oh yeah, this is great. Wow. And so basically, you just make a layer of all those seeds on the bottom, and then up they grow, huh? That's it. So put down the, the sure-to-grow pad. And I've, there are other pads that work, but that one, for a number of reasons, we found worked the best as far as you know, durability, lack of mold, you know, it, it ebbs and flows, um, cost. And they're telling me that it's not that environmentally you could even burn it because it, there's so much air in it. It's, it's, um, you know, it's a really light, woven, woven fabric, I guess, way I can explain yeah. it. So, um, okay, so great. So that gets my, my planet bit again, right? I can recycle it. But, yeah, I just put that down, get it wet, sprinkle the seeds on it, and then we put a, a foil cover on it um, for a couple days. And, and then I do like to have another little layer of um, thin plastic so that the sprouts have to work a little bit to push up. I just read that it helps to concentrate the sugars. I don't know if it's true or not. Ah. So, so we do that and then um, for another day or so, and then take it off, and then boom, they shoot up to about three inches. They green up real fast with hardly any light. And it's really cool in the sure to grow is you can grab a handful of them and pluck them right out, and you get the entire plant. Wow. Yeah, so it's really clean harvest with the exception that – you have the husk, and the husk is good fiber, right? So why not have it? Well, I've been a little gun-shy because I'm just getting into Whole Foods. I want to be sure people like my product because if somebody doesn't like it right off, they're not going to come back and buy it again. Yeah. So we've been snipping the bottom just a, just a little bit, right, to get that husk off. Um, and I, I don't want to do that, but it just goes over to the chickens or I eat it anyhow. 
But um, but that's a beauty with that material is because you can just pluck the whole plant. Yeah, that's a, that's an that's an interesting way to to get a a higher value product into stores. It's actually a great idea. You know, it's working for us. I I went to Whole Foods and did a demo, and you know, hey, would you like to try some local lettuce with microgreens? And they're like, what? What are microgreens? Oh, they're just a young plant, only two weeks old, great flavor, full of nutrition. And it was cool that a lot of the parents had their kids that were interested in it. And they would munch on it, you know, and they don't say much, but at least they're not spitting it out. You know, they're all eating it. And then the moms are like, wow, this is great. I can get all this nutrition into my kids without doing much work because it's in the box. And they don't even know it, that they're getting all this good stuff. So. Sneak it in there. We have to we have to hide our ours in smoothies and stuff, so our kids don't know that we're uh, that we're infecting them with some some good healthy healthy nutrients. The secret ingredients in the smoothies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I had you know I had one other question that you know and kind of giant subject is is how are you able to you know power these systems in a shipping container? You know, I, I'm thinking you know like you take this shipping container, you drive it down the road, and you just drop it off. Um, is it actually able to, to run off there? Are you running off of some sort of off-grid system? Or are you plugging it in somewhere? Or how are you doing that? We have supplemental solar. Right now, the technology and the dollars don't work out to be completely off the grid because in a shipping container, my biggest cost is my illumination. So mm-hmm. I'm lighting it with T5 high-output fluorescent lights. They work great. And it costs me about 150 bucks a month for all my electrical. So that works out money-wise. I can get that money back when I sell my product. But I would need more solar panels that I can put on my roof to be net zero or to be yeah. you know, self-sustainable. So you can add more solar panels. They have racking so that you can extend the solar panels to each one of the sides if you want. You can get creative with your panels. Um, we haven't, so right now it's just on the top. Um, so then the switch is to LED lights. And where I'm at with, with LEDs is I'm stuck up against the $48,000 cost to bring in the the lights. Mm. So when you when you bring in the LED lights, you're at about a 60% reduction in your electrical consumption. So that's yeah. fantastic, right? That's a big drop, and supposedly you have the longevity there. Um, but my research shows that you have to have more lights, more fixtures, if you will, than the fluorescence because you have to have the LEDs so close to the plant to have enough what they call micromoles, to have enough intensity for that plant to come out of the teenage stage. Otherwise, they, uh-huh. they don't mature. Has been my experience. So, so what? I'm I'm waiting for uh, Elon Musk to come out with his his new solar city, you know, higher efficiency solar panels. Uh-huh kind of a whole other story, but but what I'm trying to say is we need solar panels that are better than 18% efficient. That's pitiful. Uh-huh. They've been like that for 30 years. And 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 what? I don't know, better LED lights that you don't, you know, they they have a, um, a broader 
energy spectrum so they don't have to be so narrow. They're more like a laser beam, whereas yeah. the fluorescent's more like a floodlight. So what we so do is... Um, I'm sorry. So when you're hanging your, your, your T5s, so are you getting eight foot long T fives? So you have the entire the entire trough lit up, and are you doing one light per trough, or are you you know do you just separate the lights hanging down, like so you have like a wall of lights as you go down the the container? Yeah. So what we have is channels that are side by side. So we have a solid wall of channels, not like horizontal where they have a space between each channel. And then we stage the plants so one's high, one's low, one's high, one's low. So that kind of zigzag pattern. And then we we grow our plants so that this one is this row is mature whereas this one is just beginning or this one's a teenager. So we're 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 working to maximize that space so we can have them together and the plants don't overcrowd. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. So it's a, it's a yep. solid wall. And then the lights, they don't make a T5 and an 8-foot as of yet. So we just have two two-lamp fixtures end-to-end. Okay. So you've got a four-lamp fixture, a four-lamp fixture, and they just hang down. And then two feet across or two feet to the side, I have another one. And that pattern is enough with the T5 high outputs to illuminate that four foot space. Wow. And and how how many how many lights would you say you're you're hanging per per one side? Per one side. So like one side, one wall. Um so let's see, so it's every so you have one, two, three, four. So you have four two lamp fixtures every um four feet. So you're gonna have Forty lamps. Then, if you got a forty-foot wall, I think I okay. got that right. Four lamps. That's good. And then, and then, and then, so, so you're you're um, you're running some of it off of solar. So your solar power, solar solar panels run to run to your batteries, and then and then you're running some off of uh, you're plugging in the container somewhere. Well, actually. Kind of like that. We're not on battery. We're on the grid here. So our our um, solar energy goes right into the grid, and maybe my okay. neighbor uses it, or maybe it comes on back to me. But essentially, the power company buys my energy, and then I, you know, buy from them. So there's a couple it's ways cool. to do it, right? You can have it so it turns your meter back, or you know, you sell to them and they buy back. It just depends what's going on with your power company and your neck of the woods. Right. And, I mean, I mean, this is kind of an off-the-wall off question, so you might not know, but do you know about how how many, like, kilowatt, you know, uh, you know, how many kilowatts an hour you're using or how many kilowatts of power you're using a month? Mm, no, I, you know, I don't have that top of my head. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just, I was just wondering. We, uh, I, um, I got a because uh, in my in my back porch system in my apartment, uh, I realized it was getting maybe one or two hours of sunlight a day, which isn't enough. And so I bought a, just a you know one of those T5 eight bulb you know light pictures. Right. And I started running that, and it was great. But then I found out it was costing me about. Fifty or sixty dollars a month to run. 
you know, and that's just with the uh, yeah. that's just with the, the the exorbitant amount of of electricity here in Hawaii. You know, everything is more expensive. Yeah, I think and you so, guys are uh, thirty five cents a kilowatt, where we're like eleven cents. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I was just wondering, you know, how much how much it it, it was to run the uh, to run one of these boxes. And so another thing you can do then is in is increase the reflex reflectivity, right? So you put your foil on surfaces, and you can, you know, recapture that bounce back light. Mm. If that makes sense. So my yeah, entire greenhouse is all lined with uh, a radiant barrier material. So my greenhouse is really a white house and a silver house. Yeah, and it just bounces, bounces the light all around. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So you might get well, a little let's, let's, bit more. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. What's that? Sorry, I said go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. No, I was just saying, you you know, just squeezing out all I can for energy, whether it's light or retaining heat in the greenhouse or reflecting the, the summer heat back out. Like on our shipping containers, we coat it with, you know, the new space age super film and so there's this powder you can get that's ceramics and you can add it to whatever paint you want but the stuff really works for helping to be a thermal break as as well as highly reflective meaning that it's going to stop energy from conducting into the shipping container as well as reflect the heat back out so there's ways to with with new materials these days there's ways to insulate um, and save energy without losing a lot of space. Yeah, all this stuff works works together. It's pretty genius. Well, let's 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 talk about your Kickstarter because really, I'd 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 like everyone who listens to go and and donate a little bit to your product or project rather, just because I think what you're doing is is really admirable, and I'd like to see the finished product. Um, as of today, today is July seventeenth. I saw you had 12 more days, so I assume it's running for the rest of July. Yes. And um, why don't want to tell people a little bit about about what the what the project is is for, what they're going to be doing, or what you're going to be doing with it, and et cetera. Yeah. So the the project is about making a prototype, what we're calling salad box. So it's to take everything we have in our greenhouse, which is our vertical growing system, our ventilation system, our lighting, and essentially cram that into the shipping container so that now we have um, really a, a production system for growing leafy greens such as basil, lettuce, and, and microgreens. Um, you got some solar on it, you got wind capture, We've got panels where it actually oxidizes air pollution. Um, there's some really neat things that, that go into the building of the shipping container. But essentially it's um, getting society to, to throw us all a buck or two so that I can come up with the money to um, create this prototype, what we're calling salad box, in the shipping container. Yeah, yeah. And so um, how can people go and see the video about what you're doing and about the project and, and whatnot? Yeah, so people can go to Kickstarter and um, and type in aquaponics, and they'll find us. 
Um, so kickstarter.com, um, they can go to leaf-lovers. They can go to our website, and they'll shoot on over there. They're at the bottom of our front page, there's a like a, there's a little ad, right, and that'll link it back to, to Kickstarter. And then Kickstarter, it's got a nice video on there of, you know, our story, and I kind of talking about how we got to where we are and, and what we want to do with it. Um, and then you could, if you throw down a buck, you know, that's like voting in a sense, saying, yeah, this is a good thing, man, we need to have this. And if I get 15,000 people giving me a buck, I'm, I'm in the game. And if we don't, don't get the 15, then nobody gets charged. Right. Um, and, and there's some rewards in there. Uh, we've got these things we, we call, um, what we call, um, just green, greenness that we give to other people. Like if you donate, you know, 10 bucks, we're going to be giving uh, some lettuce to the, the, the old folks home over here. They eat such lousy food, man. It's just, it's just crap. So we yep. go over there and give them stuff every now and then. So we're doing a little random acts of greenness, you know, for some of it. But um, it, it's so cool because the idea is that this is going to be um, something that you can buy as a business, right? We can ship you the box, and you can hook up with Whole Foods or your grocery store or your restaurant or your retirement home, and you can park it in their parking lot. And we're looking at these numbers being somewhere around 500 bucks a week that you make money, right? Yeah. So you make the investment on it, and and now you've got a, a small green business that you're in control of. That's that's part of the solution to all the pollution that's happening in the world right now. Yeah, that's great. So, I, yeah, how many how many heads of lettuce do you think you're going to be able to do in one shipping container? We're somewhere around 3,500 to 4,000 harvesting, you know, a quarter of that every week. And then you have the microgreens. So then the microgreens yeah. are also there because I think the, the microgreens are fantastic. It's an emerging market. And, you know, we're, we're looking at doing more microgreens and, and less lettuce um, because it's because of all of its dynamics, right? less money to get it going so it's this interesting balancing that we want and you could grow other things in the salad box and and we'll design them according to your environment and what you want but again our main focus here was was really just residual income and doing something that's sustainable and and helps the community and that's why we're we're doing the lettuce and the microgreens that's great so uh so, yeah, so go ahead and everyone listening, go over to Kickstarter uh, for the rest of July and go and donate, even if it's just a buck, you know. Go donate a buck, yeah. go donate five bucks, give up one Starbucks coffee this month and <laughs> donate, to give, <laughs> donate to giving them yeah. uh, the, the opportunity to create this prototype. Because I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it and uh, and seeing what you're doing. So. Oh, I appreciate you talking to me today, Steve, sharing your product or your project and, Heck and yeah. feeling some of the themes for how you're making it work. It's actually really genius. Well, I don't know about that, but man, it's it's sure great talking to you know somebody that appreciates it all and that you're doing it, man. I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing there in Hawaii and putting together this podcast because there's so much power in knowledge, right? And and yep. that's what the internet's good for, or these podcasts. So let's spread the wealth and and keep the keep the knowledge on the move. Yes, 
that's a great idea, great idea. All right, Steve, I appreciate it. You have a great day, my friend. Yeah, you too. Take All right. care, okay? All righty. Bye. All right, man.